You know what that sound means? It's another episode of Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We've got a special edition episode for you today. I am Mike, your host. I am joined by... Jill. Mitchell. And we have a very special guest, a friend of mine that I've known since high school. Please welcome Mark to the show. Yo. (laughs) Yo, Mark. What's up, dude? The the subtlety will wear off. I'll get much more energetic eventually. Don't worry. We've got a very special show for you. We are making all of the Oscar predictions. Every single category we are going to pick a winner for. Uh, We are also going to tell you what we are drinking. Uh, I will get us started from Big Tree Brewing. I have a hazy single hop mosaic IPA called. It's cool can. Look at that. It's all. You just cut out there. So I didn't get to hear what it was called. Oh, it's called Yacht Rock. It's called Yacht Rock. Yacht Rock. (laughs) Yeah. I love Yacht Rock. Because summer can't come soon enough. Loads of late addition and dry hopping for max pleasure. Recycle this can or else. (laughs) I like that. Wow. Jeez. Where's the where's that uh the the brewery? That's a good question. Um Big Tree Brewing is in Vermont. Cool. There you go. Wilston, Vermont. Uh Jill, I see you're holding yours up. What do you got there? Well, mine doesn't have any fun things to say on it. Um, but I'm drinking local 35 from Hog River. This is Hog a, River. this may have been featured on the podcast. Hog River is local to me in Hartford, Connecticut. This is an India Pale Ale, so a little different than what I normally drink. Um, it's got some government warnings on the label, and it says that the artwork <laughs> is by uh, Mount Hook, and you can find them at mounthook.com. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, Mitchell, <laughs> this has some government warnings as I take a sip. Uh, that is hilarious. You're coming uh, all the way from the West Coast. I love the power of technology with this stuff. I am, guys. I'm in the heart of Hollywood, and I have zero insight on the Oscars, so I have no idea why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> but it is early in the morning for me. Not really early in the morning. It's like mid morning, and uh, I'm drink- drinking coffee. Uh, in particular, I have an espresso. Uh, tastes like caramel, so it's the caramel cookie one, I think. And I have it in my nice little glass mug. The and, caramel uh, is Kahlua. Did you Let's brew it yourself, it. or did a yeah. machine do it? Uh, the machine did it for me. Um, you know, Mitchell versus the machines. This time we were working <laughs> together, so uh, it was good. It was well good. We're, we'll we'll talk about that later. We'll talk well about done. that later. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you got over there? So, no surprise, I'm not that big of a drinker per se. I am huge on sparkling water, though. Okay. Um, so I'm drinking bubbly. Nice. Uh, blackberry bubbly, as it were. Bubbly. Um, Sponsored as by far as bubbly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Um, uh, this is the, they also have bubbly bounce. I already had one today, but bubbly bounce is the caffeinated drink of that. Ooh, there you go. Which is actually really good, but no, this one's blackberry. So. Nice. Yeah. All right. So before we get started with all our Oscars fun, Mark, you and I went to high school together. You have been holding this over my head because you have not told me yet. You found your yearbook. Yes. So for the listeners, just so they know, I was a a very well uh, matured, smart senior of sorts when Mike was a baby freshman. So I decided to look up into the yearbook, the one year we went together, and find out what did Mike write me in that yearbook. 
and I've been holding him in suspense for weeks now, and I can properly let him know that what he wrote in my yearbook was absolutely nothing. You did not sign my yearbook at all. Oh, I'm a terrible human being. Twist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, Now, that could have been, now, in fairness, that could have also been, there could have been many reasons, one of which could have been because that was, since we were both from Chicago, that was easily the best, 05 was the best year for Chicago baseball in a long time, as you will remember. Um, I thought because, about wearing my Cubs World Series shirt just for this, because I remembered you're a White Sox fan. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, that's a whole nother pod. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but yes, no, you did not write anything, and that is okay. If I wrote something in yours, I probably didn't either. So I, Clearly, the next time you guys hang out, Mike's got to rectify the situation. I will sign your yearbook. yearbook. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Be, All right. Yeah. I feel like a heel now. All right. Well, dang. All right. I guess let's get into this Oscar stuff because then I'll feel better about myself at least because I know you're going to kick the crap out of me in this. Uh, Mark is our expert as well as Mitchell, as well as Jill. I don't care what she said. She is our expert. Uh, I am the idiot on this podcast. I have not made my picks even. I'm going to go on the fly. That's how great I prepared for this episode. Mike, I also have not made. There's only one category (laughs) I have made my pick in. And uh, yeah, everyone I think who knows who's listened to this podcast can probably guess which category that is. Um, But yeah, everything else is on the fly. So no, not an expert. (laughs) Well, we're going to talk about first uh, this year. They have decided not to televise eight categories. Those categories are best animated short, best documentary short, best live action short, all the shorts out of it. Uh, Best sound, best makeup hairstyle, best production design best original score and best film editing. So those eight categories are not going to be televised. How do you guys feel about that? Um, I'm I'm all for the concept of making these very elongated award ceremonies streamlined, but this isn't how you do it. I rather have them dedicate screen time to actually giving awards than stupid skits where People are doing a selfie or someone orders dominoes for the first three rows or, you know, any of the little stage celebrity stuff that they do that can go to the wayside. I don't need to see that. I rather see people getting credit for the work that they've done. Yeah, I think a big part of this for me, it's not so much the overall length of the show and it always runs over three hours. It happens every single year for the most part, even in the pandemic year. Yeah, again, even with the categories not televised. Exactly. And my thing is this, and just thinking of Chicago baseball, I remember watching game seven of the 2016 World Series, right? That game went on forever. I was hooked from the first pitch all the way until the Cubs are celebrating on the field. I think it's less about the length and more so about what is happening during the show itself, to Jill's point. So I think it's figuring out ways to breathe some life into the show and frankly uh, get some more interest into the show beyond the, you know, movies that are nominated. Right. The, the, the reason why the Oscars uh, ratings have been tanking is they don't nominate movies like Spider-Man No Way Home. And look, for me, Spider-Man No Way Home is not a top 10 movie of the year, but we should celebrate it. Oh my, you see how much money it made? <laughs> how many people like, 
had a great time at the movies for the first time in two years because of that thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there are different ways to celebrate movies and accomplishments that go beyond the nominees. And I feel like the Academy has to figure out a way to incorporate that into the show. Mark, what do you got over there? I can tell your, your yeah. gears are turning. So, well, yes, my gears are always turning. Right? <laughs> um, no. So yeah. I mean, short answer, yes, it's dumb that they're doing this. I The only three categories I could see out of the 23 they would want to maybe cut for now would only be the shorts because those are the ones that most people haven't. I mean, most people haven't seen a lot of the movies, but those right. are definitely the three that most people haven't seen from. Um, but they've been doing a lot of changes with the award show over the years. And I mean, I'm glad they're bringing at least hosts back because mm-hmm. la- the last few years has not been good last year especially with covid last year's show was atrocious um i mean they didn't even end it on best picture and then it was that weird ending and all that um and then another thing too is you know there we can talk about this when we talk about each of the categories but each category does still bring something to the table when making mm-hmm. a movie yes. without any doubt. And I haven't heard anyone aside from, I forgot the guy's name, but whoever the president of the Academy is, I haven't heard anyone besides him who has given a really good reason for saying, well, this is why we had to cut them, hmm. you know? And then there's the other thing. And I don't think, and I don't know if we talked about this, but I have to bring it up. There's the other change they brought to the Oscars this year which was the uh, Twitter polling of the Oscar (laughs) fan favorite, which was, so basically it's already done with the polling. It was at the beginning of March and it was, you basically could put on your Twitter feed or whatever, your favorite Oscar moment or favorite, or sorry, movie moment or movie of 2021 And whoever got the most votes would be saying, hey, you won the Twitter thing at the Oscars, which I think is absolute ludicrousness. Never put people Um, in charge of this. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never. I mean, now my winning winning film, (laughs) they didn't. So they didn't say yet. The one thing that the only reason I voted a few times was because they did say three random people would get to go to the Oscars next year as presenters. I'm like, okay, oh, nice. I, I, I mean, I'd want to go to the Oscars, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. but from what I saw and it's, I might have it on my phone somewhere, but they had a uh, ranking of uh, like, these were the 10 films with the most, nom- most mentions at one point. So it originally started out as a way of saying, okay, finally we'll give Spider-Man no way home. It's, moment in the sun at the oscars but there were other ones too uh that made zero sense to me there's this one johnny there's this one johnny depp movie which i'd never heard of at all that apparently came out last year where he i can't remember the name of it but he's basically playing an asian photographer um good start just leave it at that and (laughs) um you know the suicide squad was on there and most importantly for me, that was on there was Cinderella, the um, Camilla Cabello Cinderella. Yeah, Amazon. Which I have, which uh. I have, which I have <laughs> been. Yes, the Amazon Cinderella, which I have been on the record of saying was the worst movie I saw last year. 
Oh, you didn't Bar like none. it when James Corden Mouse was talking so, about him finding new ways to pee. I missed that. I didn't. Guys. I missed that. I movie. also, yeah. I also <laughs> missed. Yes, I also didn't like it when the prince was talking at the ball to all the other guys trying to get rid of the women by starting to sing, "I'm gonna fight him off." That was a good that mashup, though. Seven Nation Army uh, over uh, X. Uh, yeah, but man. that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, that's actually Ugh. the best sequence of the film. I was opinion. gonna say that. That's Which the one thing I do something. want to watch. Which is just saying something. We could do a whole nother pod on why that movie did not work. And yes, yes, we I can. Saw, it and probably I saw, will be a bad movie yeah. episode. Yes, and I saw Dear Evan Hansen too, for that matter. So, oh my yeah. gosh! Okay. Did you guys see the uh, editing sequence that went viral a couple weeks ago about like this is why Dear Evan Hansen was an awful movie, and it was just just showing an awful sequence that was just poorly edited. Anyway, no, um, but maybe it that's just shocked me that, but, among yeah. other reasons, the editing um, is also bad. <laughs> exactly. That's what mm-hmm. it came down to. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, I think the Oscars may have also have unopened a certain amount of unintended consequences with moving these um, awards off of the actual telecast. And I'm not sure if you all saw, but Jessica Chastain has said that she is... She hasn't made it official, but she is basically oh, I did see, threatening I did see to. This, yeah, yeah, she's threatening to not show up um, in solidarity with her makeup team, who did a lot of work on Tammy Faye, which is right. the role that she is mm-hmm. nominated for, mm-hmm. and that is a big red flag because currently Jessica Chastain is the odds-on favorite to win Best Actress. I'm not sure same if she's going to win. Same for makeup too. Yeah, exactly. Makeup is most likely going to win. I think that is the more lock of the two. But then if you the the biggest deal for the Oscars, you don't have your best actress with a speech in the telecast because you moved makeup off of the actual award show, which um, ultimately hurts the quality of the show. No, wait, did you say that she was missing the entire show? You didn't say she's missing the entire show. I heard she was just missing the red carpet. Oh, okay. That's yeah, I heard she was just not showing the up red on a red carpet. carpet. Jeez, Mitchell. Yeah. Right. Let's see, who yeah. even if, watches if, the red carpet parts? I guess more, a lot of people watch that. A lot of people do. Watch the but, show, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's one of the okay. Well, then that that threat's a little bit less hollow now, or it's a little bit more hollow than what I thought it was going to mm-hmm. be. Um, but she really wanted to make some noise as the odds-on favorite to say, "Hey, I'm not going to show up to your show." That could be a whole nother thing. Well, I'm not going to show up to the show in honor of I'm solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you weren't solidarity. invited. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm in solidarity. <laughs> I think it would be more impactful if she didn't show up. Her not walking on a red carpet and then still being captured on camera throughout the night in the audience or hobnobbing behind stage completely deflates any impact of not showing up because you're still there like i get you know it's an award you want to stand on stage I, this might be it would this be her first oscar if she got it too yeah yeah, yeah it would be it would be so, so much more symbolic if she had someone collect the award in her honor because she wanted to rappers stand up for her team and you know what home. she could do have she her makeup Collins. team <laughs> Make her ma- make a team go up and accept the award if yes. she were to win. Yeah, that would you know? be that would be, be cool. impactful. 
Or that she cool. can resurrect Joan Crawford from the dead and have Joan Crawford <laughs> uh, whoa, whoa, <laughs> win the award, wow. take the award for somebody to, uh, in her honor. Because that's what Joan Crawford did um, when she, uh, during an uh, Oscar year, yeah. to like spite yeah, another actress. For, uh, yeah. Oh, no, she did that. No, I know this one. Yeah, she did it for uh, Betty Davis because the Betty Davis and Joan Crawford feud is like one of the yeah. biggest, if not the biggest in the history of Hollywood. And yeah. I think it was Am Bancroft who won over Betty Davis. So Joan and Am Bancroft wasn't, wasn't there. So there. Joan Crawford apparently went up and just so she could say to Betty Davis, "Excuse me, I have to get my Oscar." You know. Yeah, basically, um, she took very, so, yeah. very savvy of the situation. Yes. So. Let's Love make it. sure. Yes, Mike. Let's make sure we never turn into Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. And I think we're okay like that. Okay. Good, I mean, besides enough. the fact yeah. that I didn't sign your yearbook, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> let's get jumped into this because we have a lot to get through. Um, this is probably going to be two episodes, just seeing mm-hmm. how long each thing is going to take, um, which is totally fine. We're probably going to release it. Usually we release on Thursdays. We're probably going to release the first part on Tuesday with the second part on Thursday because the show is Sunday. So. Correct. Yes. Let's get into it. Uh, I'm going to read you the category and the nominees, and then we're going to make our predictions. First, we are going to start with Best Animated Short, not televised, of course. Best Animated Short nominees are Affairs of the Art, Bestia, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper. Guys. Who has seen any of these? Please. Uh, I, have. Say something. I have. Okay, I have. Okay, what do you got, Mark? Actually, this is why Mark's our expert. You, yeah. Lead me so, in the direction. And so just so we know, thing. I do have a prediction because Mark wanted this to be clear. We go to our experts last, so we're not like jumping on their coattails. I do have a prediction. It's not changing no matter what you say. So yeah. go ahead. Well, I also mentioned, too, that I won't have all of my predictions finalized because we still have certain awards yes. coming up. Um, I'll let you know where to find my final ones and stuff like that. So I have seen two of these. There's actually a way you can see these in theater, which is not easy for me in Chicago because as Mike knows, parking downtown Chicago is not fun. Miserable. Or cheap or <laughs> yeah. cheap for that matter. Yes. So I wouldn't be able to see all of them in time, but some of these I got to see some you can see online. Uh, the two I saw were affairs of the art, which was, um, I think through like the New Yorker or something like that, their Mm -hmm. website, it was bizarre, really like bizarre animated movie. If you have kids, do not let them see that movie at all. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's like, yeah, anyway. And the other, which I believe is the favorite here, which was a cute one is on Netflix, which is Robin Robin. That is the odds on favorite. Yep. Yeah. So at the, so yeah, my, go to for that would so that would be my first choice for that as of right now jill what do you got i know nothing about these films but i like the name robin because it makes me think of robin williams and it makes me think of kermit's nephew robin the frog so robin robin (laughs) mitchell i'm gonna go with uh the dick grayson tim drake mashup of robin robin as well um so (laughs) Uh, and oh, honestly, boy. it's just because of the betting odds. Oh, that it's by Artemis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I already like it even more because it's by the same production company that does Wallace and Gromit. Oh, no way. Okay. So you oh, can nice. totally tell so I prepared in. for this. So, yeah, yes. Robin Robin, even more so, locks in to support uh, stop motion animation. 
and I'm pretty sure it's across the board. I chose Robin Robin as well for the singular reason of one of the people nominated for Robin Robin has the name Mike. So yeah. <laughs> uh, one one quick thing. One quick thing before we go. I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't speak for you guys, but for me, uh, when we say like odds on favorites and stuff, I know nothing about betting or yeah. anything like that. So I don't want people adding me or whatever. Uh, saying how dare you make me lose my car or something like that yes you know please do not bet on our picks uh we do not claim to win you money uh if you're going to a family pool or something like that that's a different story but don't like go to vegas and put the house down on robin robin yeah or everyone was like well yeah you're the masters (laughs) of your own fate but literally you are the you're the one who chose not us so no blaming Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, everyone thought last year Chadwick Boseman was a shoe, shoe in, and then he didn't win. So, right. you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. There, that's there's... a whole other discussion. Yeah, that was just you die, weird. Do you deserve an Oscar? Yeah. But you anyway. know, he was a good actor, so I don't yes. want to yeah. sound like he <laughs> didn't right. deserve it. <laughs> All right. Best documentary short. Here are our nominees. Nominees are Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and when we were bullies, and I guarantee I'm going to pronounce one of these wrong eventually, so don't judge me. I'm trying to hook down phonics this shit. Uh, uh, Mike, I think you said Queen of Basketball, correct? Um, yes. So, and that is actually my pick. Now, it is the favorite, not a heavy favorite, but is currently the favorite in this category. Um, but the reason why I'm picking it is one, I've seen it. Um, it is on YouTube. Uh, I think it was put up by the New York Times. Um, and this is a short about the first and only woman to be drafted by an NBA team uh, back in the 1960s. So ESPN did some coverage on her story before, but this is now just a documentary treatment. She is so delightful in it. Uh, she has now passed away. Um, but in the shooting of this documentary, she was incredible. Um, and Shaquille O'Neal. Um, was an executive producer on this project. So I have a lot of rooting interests here. I'm a huge Shaq fan. Queen of, Queen of Basketball is my pick here. Okay. Uh, is, that the only, is that the only one you saw? Oh, yeah. So I'm okay. only going to go with what I know. <laughs> okay, gotcha. What about you, Mike? So I'm going Queen of Basketball as well. Um, I've heard of When We Were Bullies, and those were the two I was deciding between. Um, the reason I'm going Queen of Basketball, and I again, I just wanted to be clear. I was thinking that before Mitchell said anything and before you mentioned odds on favorite, anything like that, this is what the third year in a row, something basketball related has been nominated. (laughs) And, and I mean, but truthfully, and every single one has won. There was the Kobe one. And then there was. There's there's an animated one from last year there before. Yeah, uh, the, well, that was the Kobe one, the animated. No, right? no, I was thinking of a different one. I'd have mm. to look this up. Yeah, but I think I'm, I know. I'm looking it up, about. but yes, it's the third one, and it just feels like every single time basketball is in the running because people can relate to it, and that's the reason why I think it's it does so well is because people relate to it and they feel the passion, they feel the, the everything with it. So that's why when I saw basketball, I was like, "All right, this is going to be it." Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So for, oh, wait, sorry, Joe, was that your? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go against the green here. I haven't seen any of them, but I did hear about Audible. 
which um, follows a Maryland School of the Death senior athlete um, and his teammates journey to defend a winning streak. Um, I believe it's with football um, and they're also dealing with the death of a friend. Um, mm. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Let's see the basketball film documentary or short streak <laughs> die. Let's let's, sh- <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's do something different. And also just it. the story sounded really intriguing. Um, and you know, why not? Yeah. Okay. All right, Mark. So I have seen four of these. Um, the only one, well, three of them are on Netflix. So, okay. yeah. uh, which were the three on Netflix were the Audible, Lead Me Home, and Three Songs for Ben Azir. The one okay. we were bullies, I found out this isn't even playing like for the public until after the Oscars, which is never interesting. Fun. I like to, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I'd probably end up going Queen of Basketball as the odds-on favorite. I did like Audible probably the most out of all of them. And it's interesting for the Lead Me Home because of the subject matter, which talks about the uh, the homelessness problem in Los Angeles. Oh, so, oh, wow. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So I think, yeah. Mark, you brought up a really good... Uh, point in these past two categories you've been watching a lot of these on netflix and i think it's so awesome how accessible these shorts are because think Mm -hmm. back 10 years ago if you were a cinephile and you wanted to watch these how were you going to do it yeah 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 there'd be i mean they like i was saying they sometimes have uh like certain theaters will say hey we're playing all the shorts in a row and yeah but they only do it for like one day yeah, Usually. and the only other time it's doing anything near me is next weekend, which right. is when the Oscars are. And yeah, that helps. The, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and especially anyway. for somebody like me, I worked weekends up until now. Hey, hey. Uh, and so it became, I couldn't go to these because, you know, you pay for your money and then you have to leave. Like, no, you know, it doesn't work out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I probably could have seen it anyway. But yeah, you're right on about, where could you see it before Netflix and that kind of stuff? Um, mm-hmm. That brings us to our final of the shorts categories, best live action short. Uh, here are your nominees. This is going to be uh, said wrong. I can already tell. Uh, Ala Kachu, Take and Run, The Dress, The Long Goodbye, On My Mind, and Please Hold. I've got mine right away. Just looking Me at too. these categories. Uh, I see Riz Ahmed. I say Riz Ahmed. The Long Goodbye is my pick. I don't know if it's an odds-on favorite. I just saw Riz Ahmed and said yes, because anything that man does, yes. Yeah, Mike, it is the favorite at minus 225. Um, the And that's going to be my pick as well. What's interesting about this movie in particular, or this short film in particular, is that um, I had heard of it. So I haven't seen it. I yeah. had heard about this movie for two years. So I'm really curious because I, I remember this uh, being uh, talked about when Sound of Metal was out last year, yeah. you know, just like talking about Riz Ahmed. And uh, I'm just curious how the nomination process goes for short films like this, if they had been around for that long. Right. But anyway, I'm making that my pick as well. Mark, I'm sure you have seen it or at least uh, some of the other nominees. Yeah. Curious what um, you have I, to say. Well, actually, that is the only one I've seen because mm. it thankfully is you can see it right now. It's on YouTube for free. And yeah. um, 
it's also really really powerful too it's uh so yeah um unless if i get around to seeing the others and seeing it but it 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 is the odds i'm favorite that's the one i'm that'll be my first basically almost for sure one i'll say is gonna win is the long goodbye lock it down i have not yeah. heard of any of these so i will bow down to popular opinion and say the long goodbye as well although from a quick skim of each of these the dress and on my mind sounds very very interesting specifically particularly on my mind um which i believe is a danish film i'd like to have an opportunity to see that if possible in the near future i'm looking at the name kim magnuson and i feel like i recognize that from somewhere but it could just be a uh, familiar name okay pulling up pulling up the category i know best visual effects hey finally now i can like talk with confidence here i have seen Mm -hmm. four of the five of these movies which is the five the fifth you haven't seen dune it never had anything for me it's just i I know everybody says go see dune and everything like that and especially that's on hbo max i can just watch it whenever but literally it just had no interest at all for me i think dune I'll, I'll start with this one. Um, I've seen well, four. Well, Wait, let's read the nominees oh, first. Yes, nominees we'll get you too. to, we'll get to you. Um, you'll go first. Don't worry. So visual effects category. The nominees are Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, these categories are all in alphabetical order. I've noticed as well, just in case you're thinking I'm reading it in one way or the other. Uh, Jill, go ahead. You can get us started. So I've seen four of the five as well. The one I have not seen is No Time to Die. I had genuinely no interest in seeing the last Bond film. Um, I think it will likely be Dune. To me, that is the one that has the strongest visual effects throughout. Um, Shang-Chi and Spider-Man were both really great films. Particularly with Shang Chi, at the end it turns into a CGI, f- a f- you know, bonanza, yeah. and that's. I'm happy it's nominated. I don't know if it if it wins, I would be a little eye roll. I think Dune is by far the better film. Free Guy was fine. I, same deal. It looks nice, but the whole film has a lot of visual effects, and by the end, you kind of start to see the chips in the paint. Um, yeah, but Dune looks consistently great throughout um all the way so in my order no time to die is fifth out of five and not for any reason like it was a good movie but there's just barely any real visual effects like yeah there's some of course but for the most part they went with practical stuff so it's not like it's a bunch of cgi fight scenes or anything like that you know that kind of thing uh, the two I was stuck with, because Free Guy and Shang-Chi were kind of in the middle for me. The two I was stuck with was Spider-Man No Way Home and Dune. When we're talking about visual effects, I think Spider-Man No Way Home is going to pull it off. Uh, not because Dune's bad in any way, shape, or form. Again, I haven't seen it, so I can't say fully. But I just feel like in this particular category, just more so because I think Dune's going to get more later on. So I think this is kind of like the throw a bone to a, a superhero movie one. And if you're going to throw it to a superhero movie, Spider-Man No Way Home beats Shang-Chi, in my opinion. Um, that's the only reason why I say Spider-Man No Way Home over Dune. 
I don't think I would ever say that fully. Yeah. So Mike, I'm with you there. I'm not going to pick Spider-Man No Way Home. It's my mm-hmm. number two. I'm going to yeah. go with Dune. Okay. Um, and I'll say this, having watched Dune in a theater, mm-hmm. blown away by it, really blown away by the quality of the visuals. Um, and Denis Villeneuve, I know he's not technically someone nominated in this category, um, but he has a strong hold on visuals overall, whether you're talking about Blade Runner, where you're talking about Arrival, uh, this guy has a really good sense of scale. And I think that is one of the biggest parts of the visual effects for Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just blown away by it. Um, so that is by far my favorite of these five when it comes to visual effects. So that's going to be my pick. Nice. Mark? Yeah, I won't uh, beat around the bush too much here. Um, I have seen all five, but Dune was Dune is going to win this. It has to. It, there's, <laughs> uh, that movie in theaters was just mind-blowing. And also interesting uh, thing Two, kind of going up against Shang-Chi and Spider-Man. Sadly, of all movies in the MCU nominated in uh, visual effects, none of them have won. Wow. Okay. Consistently. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm ready to eat crow yeah. on this one. <laughs> yeah. Again, so. it's tough because like I haven't seen Dune, and it's my own doing. It's my own duning. Uh, <laughs> I, was I was gonna, gonna say you, that you was, bastard <laughs> I was gonna let him say it because I was just like eh, do I really want to bite that no not really I'm good I wanted to bite it I wanted to bite the bullet on that one yeah so that's my mm-hmm. it's I led to my own dune um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take a second though to acknowledge a film that was not nominated and maybe visual effects isn't the exact category that it would have been represented in but it wasn't nominated for anything and that's the green knight I knew and you were gonna say that that is I was thinking that is, it should be in here. It that is one of the few movies, one of the few movies I missed last year. I still it, have to see that. Saw that in a theater and it was fantastic. I'm very disappointed it didn't get nominated for anything it would have been eligible for, including um actor, director, um, original story, um, original uh screenplay, things like that. It, yeah. it should have at least gotten some recognition. Um, I think it's really unfair. And it what's strange is that I feel like five, six, ten years ago, that film would have been nominated because it was so yeah. weird and different. And now it didn't happen well, at all. And and yeah. having not seen The Green Knight either, I would 100% put it in over No Time to Die and have a harder choice overall. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, and that also has yeah. to do with well, no, sorry. I was just going to say it also has to do with for us who are not in Hollywood or in the business, I should say, because I know Mitch is <laughs> yeah. out there. Throw throw your but, rock at the Hollywood sign from there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but no, the the other thing that we tend to miss out a lot on is all the promoting that is done because mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of that going on. And right. so maybe they just didn't promote the Green Knight. Maybe they did. I don't know. So anyway. that's fair. No, that's totally fair. Their their cash cow, or they didn't want to put the financial power behind its Oscar nomination campaign. Yeah. So, a little bit behind the curtain here, this is an A24 movie. So, Mm -hmm. a smaller production house, but they've had success. uh, See Moonlight. Um, But the the one film, uh, so basically, they have an Oscar budget really for one movie every year. And this year, it was Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, So, they put their chips in that 
um, corner. Um, however, I definitely agree with Jill. Really love the Green Knight. I think Dip Patel uh, delivered an amazing performance in it. And the visuals, and I would have to look at the budget. I'm sure it's not nearly as high as something as Dune or Spider-Man. I thought mm. the visuals were incredible, yes. especially against a smaller budget. Right. I think that film utilized a lot of practical effects as well, um, specifically for the titular Green Knight. But mm. um, there are some really fantastic um, landscapes landscape shots that probably were touched up with maybe not cgi per se but um uh, computer visual effects to make them happen and you know it like i said it's a shame that it wasn't nominated for at least something right all right we move now to non-televised category best sound nominees are belfast dune no time to die the power of the dog and west side story so Looking. glad that they, sorry, I'm just going to say no. one of the main things they did that made me happy, at least as they combine, combined the sound categories, because mm-hmm. I know there is a difference apparently between sound editing and sound mixing. I don't know anyone who knows that, <laughs> what those, what those are. So that easier, at least yeah. makes it easier. Yeah. Well, would mixing be the one that makes the actual sound and then editing would be sure what actually where you layer it into the film and i think i only have a sense of that because i've watched so many behind the scenes stuff for like the lord of the rings and the hobbits so like watching them like crush pieces of metal or stamp things on the ground that would be the mixing and then the editing is like figuring out like when a fist connects with someone's armor what the sound when it should come together that 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 that's my not official (laughs) explanation yeah well either way they made it um, I got one. Go what it. is it, Mike? Uh, what's that story? Why? I was going to say a, a musical has to stand out here. Yes. Um, but I want you to talk about more before I give my pick. Oh, I'll get, I'll give you why. Uh, West Side Story I've heard is beautifully edited, as well as if you can make um, what's his name sound good. Ansel yeah, Ansel Elgert. Baby Driver. Baby Driver. <laughs> uh, if you can make him sound good in a singing role, you deserve all the Oscars. Because I'll be honest, I don't think he can sing. There you go. Hot take. I've heard that. I've heard that. No, I'm with you. He's more of a dancer, I would yes. say. Like, that's oh, yeah. He can move. He can. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he can put the moves on people. Yeah. Um, uh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> all right. What? What's that <laughs> That's words? a bad joke. Is that English? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so West Side Story is my pick. Um, I have seen two of these actual movies, um, which is No Time to Die and Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog was great, but I don't think necessarily sound for I this. I feel like it's going to win a lot of other categories. Yeah, so which we, yeah, we may be spoilers to. ahead for that. But um, No Time to Die, I mean, like you have to do the shooting and everything like that. And like sound effects, it's good. Um, but I don't know. For me, West Side Story, the musical aspect. Um, I'm sure Belfast and Dune are beautiful on that. Yeah, I have. I, I'm going to say it's Dune for me, um, okay. primarily because that's the one of the only one of the five here that I've seen. But the sound in there does sound it for lack of a better word it sounds amazing um it sounds real things have weight to them ships make the sounds that you would imagine they would in different environments because they there is some planetary travel um i would imagine that west side story probably does have very good sound mixing and sound editing 
um, but without actually seeing slash hearing it, um, I I don't feel comfortable throwing that my vote to them. And also as an aside, oh, I, I do. Don't like, I'm a whore. As an I aside, care. I just don't like <laughs> the story of West Side Story. Um, it's fine. I think the original film from the late '60s, early '70s, was it? Perfectly, perfectly 61. fine. Happy. You know, I'm happy we have that. Did we really need a second one, a remake? Sure. Um, love to see the remake of Jesus Christ Superstar whenever that comes out. Um, but yeah, for me, it's Dune. My said story is like one of my favorite musicals. It, it just shot me in the I heart. I just don't like Romeo and Juliet narratives. I just am bored and tired and there's nothing. There, like, I've heard the performances are good. The dancing looks amazing. It's looked it's like chill. it's wet. When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. <laughs> It looks like it's filmed beautifully, but I just, it's just not my favorite musical. I saw a live production of uh, My Fair Lady two weeks ago for like $30. Same. And I definitely don't like that musical, but no. $30 to see a live stage production of that, I'll cross it off the list, but. Yeah, I had never seen My Fair Lady and we decided to go last minute. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and really good production. If, uh, yeah. if anyone likes mu- musicals out there, the 19, the 2018 revival of My Fair Lady is quite good. Mark, I'll let you go. And then I was just going to say, who wants to sound off? Oh, I have to. uh, Well, I have to. Oh, wow. I just got that. Sorry. I'm still kind of uh, trying to process not liking my fair lady, which is very sexist. Okay. It's still a, uh, but the, (laughs) okay. Again, (laughs) another podcast, but she ended up with the wrong guy. Mm. Just so you know. Well, Mike, very quickly, just so you yes. know, you know, the the movie, My Fair Lady, uh, the main actor in it, Rex Harrison, you know yeah. who he inspired? Stewie he was Griffin. The insp- yeah, he was the inspiration inspiration oh, of Stewie look at Griffin. Mitchell. Nice. Oh, yeah. OK, I see that. Yeah. All right. Reason why this um, <laughs> anyway. it doesn't need- <laughs> All right. Well, OK, so just to keep it going uh, for sound, I'm thinking that's a one of those quote-unquote below-the-line categories, I'm going to agree with Jill on this and go with Doom. At least yeah. right now. I, yeah, it just like as a final thing, I think there's one particular moment in Dune that sold me on why it should win uh, Best Sound here. And Jill, Mark, you've seen it too, right? You've seen Dune? Absolutely, um, yeah. That transition that they make when, and I forgot the name of the different people um in the in the mm-hmm. movie but i still loved it there's a sound transition where it goes it, it's ambient sound and then it goes into the score uh, like for that sequence i was like blown away of how smooth that transition was was it with house harkonnen i think it was um and i was just like okay this is like they are operating on a completely different level and for all the reasons jill of what you said of how authentic and real all the sounds um seem to be uh blown away by it. and again another reason to see it in a theater if you're able and if you're comfortable of going um it really sold me on it so i'm going with dune one of the rare times i would actually pick against a musical in a best sound category well fine i see how it is <laughs> whatever whatever be wrong in your wrongness whatever i guess <laughs> i'm happy you know I'm happy that we are that musicals are coming back into I don't want to say Vogue, but coming back into fashion. I mm-hmm. would rather have them not remake already existing films or rather see 
newer adaptations of stage musicals that haven't been made put to film but you know if they're gonna do it do it well and what i've heard about west side story is that this is an a plus effort and it really it captures the spirit while also updating the material a bit last year last year was a great year for musicals yeah, for the most the part get nominated for anything it didn't it no. didn't that i that was <laughs> probably my favorite of last year i saw um, that one and i thought that was a really good um yeah adaptation. i just want to thank you mitchell for snapping along with me <laughs> you're just snapping <laughs> <laughs> So I have a question about a film in this category um, after you read off the names. Okay, let me read off the names. Uh, we are to makeup and hairstyling. The reason I'm not going to the Oscars is the solidarity of these people. Uh, <laughs> the nominees are Coming to America, Cruella, Dune, Eyes of Tammy Faye, and House of Gucci. My question is, is the House of is this the House of Gucci's only nomination? It is. It is. And, and that was supposed that was Oscar. I don't want to say it was yeah. Oscar baited, but I feel like that when the oh, it was a failed Oscar that, bait movie. Yeah, it was it rubbed people the wrong way. I was I was did you see that, Mike? I was always curious if you did. No. Because I, I, I mean because I was gonna say a lot of the time there it seems like it's definitely overacted. I mean, Jared mm-hmm. Leto seems like he got into character by playing like 12 hour weeks or 12 hour day weeks of mario the whole time yep because that's entirely he's like i want to fly like a pigeon yes exactly you know he was Um, on like 16 five hour energies yeah um but no yeah that is the only one was for its makeup which is which is good makeup yeah because the the movie about fashion being nominated for makeup and hairstyling i know it's not that in itself is not fashion but those are accessories that complement um that mm-hmm. complement it um mm-hmm. i just kind of find it funny where it's like this movie was thrown around as like this big oscar heavyweight and then here it is with just one I it's also like the say, opposite story of uh, the last duel I don't yeah think the last right. duel got nominated for anything yeah right. both directed by the same guy too for that matter oh are they yeah yeah ridley scott yeah, he's I was going to say, year. oh, Joe, you, okay. I thought that's why you brought up The Last Duel because of Ridley Scott. I but. forgot that Ridley Scott directed House of Gucci. I knew they did. Oh, uh, he yeah. did uh, um, Last Duel. Who's he blaming for House of Gucci? Is it us millennials on our phone still? What, what, what? I think he went down to Gen Z. Gen uh, Z? For this one. Okay. Yeah, All right. He went down. Right. To- <laughs> um, so I just need to bring up the fact that coming to America is nominated for an Oscar, not coming to America, the original coming to America. No. Yeah. No. Uh, Eddie Murphy, baby. Yeah. Eddie Murphy's career has been on the upswing, especially since Dolomite is my name. I did not see, I've never seen the original coming to America or Whatever you need to called. see it. It's so good. I want good. to. It's on my list. Neither yeah. have I, unfortunately. Oh, the original is so good. And the fact that they made a sequel and it was just that, so... A lot of the original actors back, at least. They did. They did it 25 years later or whatever it was. And, like, impressive. Great job. Or probably more than that. Holy shit. God damn yeah. well. Nah. What, what's if... great... Oh, go for it. What's great is that the original Coming to America, Mike, it was actually nominated for two Oscars. So... This one, you know, is carrying on the tradition of being nominated for best makeup. Coming three America. So. Yeah. <laughs> three America. It's going to be America, baby. It's going to be coming to America, but the E in America is going to be at three. Oh, coming to America. 
Move our fan four stick. We've got it. That's what that happens, Mike. I'll remember that you said it. Oh, yeah. Right here, right now. Um, so I'm a little shocked by that. Corella had decent makeup and hairstyling. Um, the two things that went to my head was Dune and Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, House of Gucci, just because of Jared Leto, can't win this category for me because <laughs> he just looked ridiculous. Um, I'm going Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, just because it was complete transformation of character um, and it looked amazing. Um, so I am very much eyes of Tammy Faye. I feel like I'm going against Dune a lot and I don't know if I should, and it may be a bold strategy. I like Jared, I'm looking at a poster for House of Gucci. I feel like they should have just gone Colin Farrell in his uh, penguin makeup outfit yeah. to, Jared, to stand in for Jared Leto. They don't look at all the same, but they kind of do. Um, just like the full body facial transformation um i'm gonna also i'm gonna give my vote to dune again with hairstyle and makeup there are some really memorable looks in the film and what's really cool about dune is you really get to see a lot of um i don't want to say alien races but you get to see a lot of different cultures um across the film from different planets and the way that they look suggests a lot about the infrastructure and their cultures that they represent. Um, I will give a nod to Cruella. I have not actually seen it, but the fashion and the hair and the makeup all look really, really fantastic. I believe it takes place in the eighties. Um, and you know, if, if this is, if Cruella from here on out is going to be known as this like renegade fashion icon who sticks it to Emma Thompson, you know, look good while doing it, and I think they do. Who has a fear of Dalmatians because they killed her mom. Yeah, well, you know, well, actually not her real mom, uh, Emma Thompson's Spoilers. Come on, man. Come on, Jillian. <laughs> What's happening? Um, all right, who who's... Uh, I can't come up with a pun for this one. Uh, who's, who's on deck? I'll make up for last time here. Um, so God I'm going to go... <laughs> You're going to do Coming to America? No, 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 no. I'm going to go with that as a Tammy Faye. Um, and I'm going to bring this up for a number of different categories as we discuss this. Oscars are won by narratives. And what I mean by that is in this category in particular, the entire Academy is voting on these awards. It's not just the guilds at this point. So when it comes to best makeup and hairstyling, if everyone gets a vote, what is going to drive people to vote for any of these five in particular? The eyes of Tammy Faye has this narrative now because of Jessica Chastain saying what she said of skipping the red carpet. So I think people are going to show their support and maybe lend their vote to the eyes of Tammy Faye Oscar nominee or the Oscar voting final window started on Thursday. I believe it ends tomorrow. Um, so now is the right time to have that narrative come out. So I'm going to go with the eyes of Tammy Faye and to Jill's point about Corella, I think they're going to get their Oscar in another category uh, that we'll get to later. I'm with you on that because I think I know where you're going with this. Mark, yeah, hair is um, standing um, on edge. Let's go. So, yeah, uh, I'm actually just looking it up. We're, so we are recording this on a Saturday, Mitch, and it actually, uh, from what I see, I could be wrong, Oscar voting actually goes until Tuesday, I believe. Oh, Tuesday. Wow. So okay, cool. Still, yeah. Yeah, so they still have time with that. Um, I've... Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking uh, we got to remember it's not just makeup, it's makeup and hairstyling. I think the favor is towards eyes of Tammy Faye. So for the time being, I'll go with eyes of Tammy Faye. 
I think I know what category you were referring to for Cruella. Yeah. Is it, um, is it coming up here? It might be the next one here. Costume right, design. Yeah. Oh, Look at oh. that. This is a uh, category cost- filled with films I want, like with one particular film. Well, two films I really, really wanted to see that I didn't get to see. So costume design. Here are the nominees. Cruella, Cyrano, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Cyrano's the the only one out of this that I didn't get around to see. I think they released that too late. I agree. I feel like it came way... I thought it was going to be out way earlier than it actually was. Yeah. That was one I was actually really excited for out of all of them because I love the story of Cyrano and everything looks great about it. Um, Mike, you like the story about a guy who tries to like a girl but can't because he feels he's not like good enough for her or ugly for her is that what you're saying yes yes that is exactly oh, okay. what i'm saying yeah oh, okay. have you not seen Cyrano with um <laughs> uh steve martin he just has the big no nose. no like, i did yeah no yeah. roxanne well, yeah i just roxanne yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Like he has a big nose right. so this version subverts it by um making sure yeah <laughs> i actually well yeah well so i saw Cyrano the opera when i was young because they made it into an opera um, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So I do actually really enjoy that storyline. So I do want to see it, um, but that's not my winner. I think a lot of people are going to choose the same because Mitchell already alluded to it. Corella. I think it's just oh, the costume design. I was going to go Nightmare Alley. Uh, no, just I kidding. Uh, Corella for sure. <laughs> yeah, Corella. <laughs> looked i need to see it 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 looks like it could be a contender cruella will probably win it but i'm actually gonna broken record i'm gonna throw it a dune once again uh the, the specifically the outfit that stands out is when they first get to um arrakis um paul's mother is wearing this really intricate dress that um is, like is also supposed to be like respectful to the cultures on arrakis and it just, it looks amazing. And she's got like handmaids holding the trail, the train of it. Um, and it's just, yeah, it like, it, I don't know how long it took them to make the fashions in there, including like the armor that we see, but it all looks very real. Um, like you could find that in the, you know, 50, 60 years in the future in a post-apocalyptic world, who knows? Um, but I could see Cruella winning this if it's going to win anything. Yeah, yeah, I think and, it's going to come down between those two. Yeah. I think another thing, too, is um, I'm, I'm saying Corella will as well. Uh, but another thing, too, and we got to bring this up about Dune, is that um, it's only it's really Dune part one. Yep. So right. there's really a second one coming out. So there could be a kind of thing where people might do something like they did with the original War of the Rings trilogy where they nominated the first two they didn't win but then in the third one it just the third one won like everything was nominated yeah, for yeah. It. yeah i don't know if so, return of the king is, is the of this the original trilogy is the one that really should have been the one that took home return of the king goes on 40 minutes too long it should have been fellowship or my dark horse pick uh two towers but fellowship probably should have been the one that won best picture but i think mark yeah. makes a really good point that we know there's part two coming so for all we know dune might whiff a lot of awards this year with the logic of the academy saying well they'll make another one there's probably very little room there's probably little doubt that it's going to be bad it's going to probably be very very good oh yeah so unless it tanks we'll 
we'll give um, the direct best director, we'll give best picture, or, you know, we'll see what comes out, but. So they, you're they saying Idiot be... Mike has a chance with all his anti-Dune votes. Well, maybe, uh, only because I could see that being the logic that they think the next one will be equally good and will have enough of a reason to issue out the awards then. Um, okay. But it would also look egg on their face if for some whatever reason, the wheels come off the apple cart and it isn't as successful. Okay, all right. Uh, so it sounds like we are moving on to production design. Production design nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Yeah, I, I'm going to go Dune here. Um, uh, and to everything that Joel was saying about the costumes, I'm giving the side edge to Corella in that category, but you could also say the same thing about the production design. This world feels so lived in, in just the best possible way. Um, and frankly, it has a lot of different scenes and scenarios. It also makes the desert setting look beautiful, um, which I haven't really seen done that well since Mad Max Fury Road. Um, so I'm going to go with Dune here. And it is the favorite, not a heavy favorite, but it is the favorite in this category. I'm really actually, as soon as this popped up, I'm like, you know what? I'm not even sure if I have, I definitely don't have a for sure one on this because part of me is saying Dune, but at the same time, it, I think it's really close with Nightmare Alley because not to get too far ahead, but Nightmare Alley, I don't see it having a chance of winning much of anything else entirely going forward with its nominations so it's it's really between those two for me i don't think uh i have a for sure answer as of yet people will have to wait until i type it out on my site later so it's funny you bring up nightmare alley as your second choice i was stuck between dune and tragedy and Macbeth because of the production design for that one um i'm actually going with dune shocking I know I've been against it this whole time, but I'm going with Dune on this one. The whole design of it um, from the opening trailer, I, like I've said, it is not a movie for me. It's never had my attention because it just was not a story I cared about. But seeing the opening trailer was enough where I was like, this world looks beautiful. This world looks amazing. I'm kind of interested in it. The fact that it got me that much was enough for me to say I think Dune is going to take production design. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if it does. I'm actually going to give it to my vote to Nightmare Alley. Um, I agree with Mark. I don't think it's really going to win much else. Um, I also know that um, there was kind of like mixed reviews on it, but Del Toro films always look incredibly distinct and polished. And the there wasn't any other films that really looked like Nightmare Alley this year. There's also no other films that look like Dune this year, but yeah, it's already right. probably it's probably definitely going to win at least a couple of things. So I'll I'll throw Nightmare Alley one little Oscar bone. I'll also on. say there's nothing that looks like Tragedy of Macbeth this year either. True, but I didn't see as much product like um promotional things the way that I saw Nightmare Alley, and I really 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 wanted to see Nightmare Alley. Fair. So that's the one I've been exposed to the most. Hulu I also would HBO say that Max. West Side Story. Yeah, I just never got around. I just couldn't get that. I know. No, I, I get it because Claire and I have been for two weeks saying we're going to watch it and still haven't. 
I think and you watch Hellraiser instead. I did watch Hellraiser instead. Yeah, I think we'll West Side Story that also should get a nod <laughs> of recognition for production. Um, mm-hmm. That movie looks really bright and colorful and distinct as well. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I would almost, I think I, because of those reasons, I'm going to give that more credit to the cinematography on West Side Story. Nightmare Alley, just one more. And again, that's not my uh, choice here, but something historically that helps in this category it's a period piece, right? It's set in the forties. So there's a, it's very showy when it comes to the production design that they're able to put out there. Um, Now, typically the period pieces that have done well are older, like Victorian era and before. Um, But because it's Guillermo del Toro, because he has such a visual style about him, I could totally see this also winning, but I'm going to stick with Dune. You bring up, you bring up cinematography and that is our next category. Best cinematography the nominees Another are category that's not going to be shown. On yeah, TV. right. Uh, no, no, that one's still going to be shown. It is? Yes, I that one it... is shown. Production design was not shown. Oh, cinematography I got that is wrong. still good. Yeah, cinematography is oh, still going to be I shown. I feel bad. You're that's fine. fine. You're fine. It happens. Yeah, but uh, for me, for me, that's bad. But, uh... <laughs> well, cinematography, the, uh, the nominees are Dune, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. And not the Batman. Yeah. Mm. Should go. Guys, I I, look, I think I'm going to be a broken record here. And when we do our final tally at the end of this, I think Dune is going to walk away at the most Oscar trophies this year. They're just going to dominate below the line and then just get hosed at the really big awards. But uh, I know. Uh, but I really love Dune. And again, this is. I thought the power of the dog was shot beautifully as well. Uh, Tragedy Macbeth, you know, I'm a sucker for black and white and I thought it looked amazing. Um, but Dune really stood out to me still. And maybe it's the bias of seeing it in a theater, but I really loved it. And it would be my personal pick here. It's funny you bring up theaters because my vote was the power of the dog, but the problem is it was Netflix. And so I'm wondering if I'm I'm making the wrong decision because people saw it in theaters. I'm going Power of the Dog. I really this is one that I'm kind of like sitting on the edge of going, I don't know, because I watched this on Netflix and that's what it released on. And, you know, it was beautiful. It was absolutely gorgeous. But it also is you're watching on your phone or you're watching on a computer screen or you're watching on your TV. It's not the theater experience. So I'm wondering with that one, I'm going to say power of the dog with a huge asterisk, but I'm going to defend power of the dog. I'm kind of in the same boat as Mike, except between those two, like production design, I'm on the fence. Mm-hmm. I guess if for back for production design, I would say Dune at the moment. Now I'll probably say the same for cinematography as well for now, but you know, power of the dog. I remember watching like, I was watching it with my mom, which is, by the way, one of the weirder movies you can watch with your mom. Don't do uh, it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize what that movie was about until yeah. we were watching. I was just like, oh, it's supposed to be awards consideration wise. And Ben right. supposed to be really good. I start watching it. I'm like, this is one of the weirdest movies I chose to watch with my mom, yeah. um, <laughs> especially, especially, you know, anyway. Um, but I do remember turning to her and being like, you know, I really wish this was in the theater because yeah. the the way it looks is just stunning, just absolutely stunning. 
So yeah, definitely. So so I'd say for now it's Dune, but I could switch at the last second to Pirate the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does it does it really need to be said? The only one that I've seen of these is Dune, and uh, Mitchell really summed it up well. Um, so my point my pick would be towards dune i think west side story and the tragedy of macbeth should be acknowledged for Mm -hmm. how great they look um you know i think all of these are worthy films if you know one wins over the other it's there will be no upsets or disappointments um but i i do think dune will likely clinch it Okay. But I could see the power of the dog um, kind, kind of coming up from behind and taking it. And I think it would be not a, a bit of an unexpected win for the power of the dog in this one, because I think it's going to swing, the Oscar votes are going to swing very well into its favor for other nominations. So. Okay. All right. We move on to best original song, uh, which I can't find because I can't read the stuff. Where is best original we went over song? It there it is. Twice Music. Twice. Sorry, it's mm-hmm. listed as music original song. That's what was confusing me. I was looking for original song. Uh, so music original song nominees are Be Alive from King Richard. Dos Arugitas from Encanto. Uh, Down to Joy from Belfast. No Time to Die from No Time to Die. And Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. What the fuck is that? It's going to go to Encanto. So, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. First off, the somehow you do the reason that probably got nominated because that's definitely a movie I've not seen or really heard of until the Oscars is because of who, who did the music and lyrics is Diane Warren, Warren. Yeah. who yeah. has been nominated. She has been nominated like somewhere in the double digits now, like 13 times or something and stuff has not won. Um, I and sadly, I think that's probably going to be the case this year, too, but I'll let you guys uh well, I'm just looking at the names on this thing. So original song always has big names and everything like that. But all right, Be Alive is Dixon and Beyonce. Uh, Dos Oruguitas. Maybe I did better that time. Probably not. But that's Lin-Manuel Miranda. Down to Joy from Van Morrison. No Time to Die, Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell. And then Somehow You Do by Dan uh, Warren. Um, no, no Time to Die. I don't think I've actually heard that bomb theme. Versus like when Skyfall happened, you couldn't escape it. Yes. Skyfall was everywhere, yeah. and it's a really, yeah. really good song, so it helped. Yeah. I, I No Time to so, Die also came out way before the film came out because you didn't have to wait. Well, and that's my thing with No Time to Die. Skyfall was a good song without being related to a Bond theme. No Time to Die, you kind of needed to know it was a Bond theme to enjoy it. So I don't think No Time to Die is my winner. I, I'm sticking with you with the Encanto pick. Uh, also because Lin-Manuel Miranda, because he's a darling for everybody. Manuel. Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I was Fuck waiting yourself. for someone. That, I had I was, to. I'm sorry, I was, Mike. Well, I think, well, I'm going to be the differer here because I do think the favorite actually is No Time to Die. And that is what I'm going with. Now, I think what should also be mentioned is uh, there were a lot of confusion for people for Encanto, why they don't have that movie. We're going to talk about Bruno. I'm happy we don't don't talk about Bruno. Bruno. 
Uh, well, you will be happy to realize then, Jill, that they're actually performing that at the Oscars. Well, when are they going to be announced. performing this as well, though? Because Dos Aguitas is um, fantastic. And I believe it's yeah. the first Disney, non-English Disney song to be nominated. That um, actually, oh, wow. That could be. Because I believe the version of Remember Me, because there's like a Remember Me from yeah. Coco is sung in a, in a couple, a bunch of times. But I think every yeah. time it's sung, is it's sung in English. Um, mm-hmm. I think We Don't Talk About Bruno is a really great song. It is uh, my personal favorite. If we, if I could pick any film, song from Encanto to be put in there, Joe Sargaritas is, is one of them. And then Surface Pressure. Um, yeah, I, I think well, this is the better song. <laughs> well, the thing is, as people got to realize is that they only are allowed, I think, to pick one song per movie. Because like back in the 90s, when you had The Lion King and Aladdin and stuff like that, you would get like, three of the five nominees would all come from the same movie. So I think they just basically wanted to make sure every movie had a chance in a sense. So Lin-Man, and then when Lin-Manuel Miranda su- submitted Dos Origutas, which I thought I would get better than Mike, and I guess I didn't. Nope. Um, but he that, I believe, happened not long before we don't talk about Bruno became this big viral sensation that it became. Oh, that makes and sense. even then, and even then I think he ended up uh, defending it saying it was a much more, it was a much more heartfelt part to the movie than we don't talk about Bruno, but nevertheless, I still don't think it's going to win. I still think it's going to go to no time to die. Yeah, guys, this is this is one of the tougher categories for me. I keep going back and forth between No Time to Die and Dos Oroguitas. And it's it's for two reasons. And frankly, it has nothing to do with the songs themselves. I think the a potential win for Billie Eilish at the Oscars, it could be a way for the Academy to say, Hey Gen Z, we see you. <laughs> we gave you, uh-huh. we gave Billie Eilish a trophy. Doesn't but, want any more trophies. So. That's the thing. But now I'm looking at Encanto and just the Am idea. I old? What? I'm not Why? a Billie Eilish fan. Am I old? Oh, her happy. I don't like her for her um the album she did that like blew her up. But uh, happier, happier now or whatever it's called. That's a really great album. So yeah, like I like one, the song the NBA, like but everything else I'm just kind of like meh about. Am I Billy old? Bossa Nova is a great song. Mm. Okay. I I think her and Phineas make a good pair. And yeah. I really love the production. Um, okay. but I'll say I'll say this. I think I'm ultimately gonna go with Encanto here, Dos Arguitas. And it's because of one, I think that soundtrack in general is inescapable at this point, and that's gonna be on the mind of a lot of voters, especially parent voters. Um, and also this as to uh I forgot who brought it up, but the um, idea of representation in Spanish-speaking households. Now you have a really, really big nomination here. I think that's a big deal as the Academy has expanded its roster of who is included in the Academy, and it has gotten more international. So I'm going to go with Dos Arguitas here. I have to, I'll add in on uh, the diversification of like of music. I believe this year for like the bill with Billboard Top 100, they had a lot more um, non-English songs that were like cracked the top 100 than ever before. So there, it really is starting to see a shift away from like just English song English songs dominating the pop the the charts. And I'm also, you know, we've had like the BTS army and all of that happening. 
but it's just really refreshing to see musicians from other countries um a lot of them from latin american countries really starting to pop up and being recognized so obviously i have saturdays off now uh claire and i are trying to figure out what we're going to do tonight uh and one of the things that came up we're not driving all the way that's the only reason we said no but bad bunny is in new york tonight and we thought about going because it's just it's it's bad bunny he would put on a show it seems like yes he would all right music original score these are your nominees don't look up dune encanto parallel mothers the power of the dog so mike can i go first on this one actually because i'm gonna make a defense of someone and that's the first one here because if this would be ridiculous well first off it's so ridiculous that they're not showing this award on tv yes so the heavy favorite and rightfully so here in my pick is han zimmer for dune now han zimmer first off he's like one of the biggest names in movie music just behind probably only behind obviously john williams yeah but he so and Hans Zimmer's actually only won once before he won for the Lion King the original way back in the day now here's another thing about Dune I don't know if you know this did you know that he actually made his own instruments for the score Mitchell sent it in our group chat and no he did oh no, gotcha. not a super kazoo. Stop it. Oh. I did not. <laughs> no, that wasn't real. <laughs> that wasn't real. No, oh, I joked. I believed you. <laughs> Jill asked what the name of the instrument was. And I was like, it's like four kazoos in one. It's called a super kazoo. Or, or <laughs> she quad quad believed zoo or something. Quad zoo. Yes. Quad zoo. Quad <laughs> zoo. <laughs> I don't know. I can't believe you believe me. I thought well, Mitchell sent it, not you. So no, it was me. There was a, a stamp of authority coming from Mitchell. Quasi um, super kazoo. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but yeah, I can't say the same for the other ones, other uh, composers in this category. But if you make your own instruments, how can you not vote for that? Yes. I mean, I... that's like ridiculous. So I didn't know where to go with this one. And then Mitchell let us all know that he created his own instrument. And then it became obvious uh, Hans Zimmer all the way. So, and I think seeing name alone, I probably still would have probably picked Hans Zimmer. I also want to know, is Johnny Greenwood related to Lee Greenwood, the guy who did uh, Proud to be an American? Because that makes sense. For I was just talking about that song yesterday. I'm proud to be an American. And uh, yeah. that song, the chorus still haunts my brain. I had to sing in like fifth grade. Yeah, but like Johnny Greenwood, if he's a son or related to Lee Greenwood in any way, it does make sense for the power of the dog. But no, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. And wow. I brought this up before, but narrative, right? It's yeah. like, what is driving the narrative of these nominees beyond their work? Uh, Hans Zimmer has that with the instruments thing. Um, but I do want to give super a kazoo. shout out to the super kazoo. Uh, <laughs> I want to give a shout out to Nicholas Bertel. He doesn't need a shout out from lowly old me but um he is actually one of my favorite young composers who has now been nominated i believe four times i could be wrong this is either his third or fourth but he was nominated for moonlight and for one of my personal favorites uh if beale street could talk from a couple years ago oh, oh, that um, one's, but, yeah. and he is probably most famous for scoring succession and uh coming up with the theme so big nice. shouts to him but i think this is han zimmer's award for sure mm-hmm. um i'm I agree. It's probably going to go to 
to Dune. I think that this is one of those categories where if it didn't win, it would, I don't want to say it'd be an upset, but it would be an unexpected loss. Well, um, we're not going to see it. Well, so it doesn't you know matter. what I mean. Yeah. Um, but I think Encanto also has a really great score. It does tell the story very well. You don't need to be watching the visuals or hearing the Lin-Manuel Miranda's songs to um, not to not be able to follow along with it. But I think it's a, I think this is a Dune win. Okay. Well, that seems like we're pretty sold on that. Uh, best film editing. So film editing. We've got. Don't Look Up, Dune, King Richard, Power of the Dog, and Tick, Tick, Boom. I'll go. I'll start. Dune will probably win this one. Um, I have seen that, and I've seen Tick, Tick, Boom. I would actually be very happy if Tick, Tick, Boom won something throughout the, the this year's Oscars. Um, so while well, I think Dune will also probably walk out with this, um, and it would very much be deserved if they did it. Um, I think Tick Tick Boom should be a consider a contender, um, but once again, that's just because I happen to have seen both of those films. So Tick Tick Boom with the little asterisk saying it's probably going to Dune anyway. I mean, I'm going with Dune, even though I've seen Power of the Dog and I loved it. Uh, I'm just going with Dune on this one. It's hearing you guys talk about it. Film editing makes sense for it because there wasn't bad film editing i'm guessing you know like i i don't know and the power of the dog at some points felt like it could run a little long so maybe that's my argument because it just could have been edited down more but even that i don't know i think it's doom yeah tick tick boom has this great sequence in a swimming pool that like it's a it's, it's almost like the emotional climax of the film and the way that that all goes is mm-hmm. your it your heart is pumping you're at the edge of your seat and you know when you think about it in a vacuum like what all of like what like what are the events that are brought us here it's actually like they're momentous to the main character but to everyone else it's just like you'll be okay it's fine it's not nearly it shouldn't be this stressful but the the way that the film shows all of it is just chef's kiss mark i'll have you go first uh because i'm not picking what has been said so far Ooh, that's exciting All right. Um, well, I was going, but well, I was actually almost waiting on you because I'm still a little on the fence here because yeah. I am still, I mean, my first, um, my first gut reaction is to Dune, but I know there have, because film editing is one of the more underrated categories to uh, the non-experienced Oscar viewer because it is it's up there with best director and helping out with best picture and stuff. Um, so at the moment I'm thinking Dune, but there could be, uh, I honestly think there could be a good case made for Tick, Tick, Boom and even King Richard. Um, yes. I feel as well. So at the moment I'm thinking Dune, but I don't be surprised if I change it at the last minute to like King Richard or Tick, Tick, Boom. And Mark, I'm going to go with King Richard. And this is the first okay. time we brought this up in our podcast for those who haven't seen it. Kind of sounds like a weird title, but it's about Richard Williams, the father of Serena and Venus Williams. Mm-hmm. And um, editing doesn't necessarily come to mind when you watch that movie because of, frankly, how kind of straightforward it is. There is some subtleties to it and like how they put together a sequence, um, but it's not exactly showy like Dune or like Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, 
and it doesn't really drive as much tension as something as Power of the Dog. But what it does have is it won the Ace Eddie Award, which is like the uh-huh. editing Oscars. It won the, uh-huh. uh, the basically the comp for best picture there. So, uh-huh. and that was considered a huge momentum swing. So those in the editing guild voted for King Richard. And I think it's because the editor who has uh, kind of had like a little press tour going on has uh, really been touted as one of the uh, key factors in how this movie came out so well. She actually uh, said some of the scenes that she had received were not usable and that they should be redone. And they were. And uh, there's one in particular scene where Will Smith as Richard is talking to a young Serena Williams and how she's going to be the best in the world. That uh, spoilers uh, that was going to take place at their home. They, she didn't like it. She's like, Hey, we need to redo this. And it sounds like a director decision, but her having that much influence and that um, particular scene, having such a big payoff in the movie. um, I don't know. I think it shows that the editor can go beyond just being in the edit bay and actually calling the shots. So I'm going to go with King Richard here. I like that you are were saying spoilers and saying spoilers. Serena would become the greatest in the world. And I'm like, I think we, I, I don't even watch tennis. I think I know that. So, yes. Yeah. For those who have not uh, followed tennis at all in 20 years. Yeah, right. <laughs> My bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, so that'll do it for us that are not attending the Oscars because of our beloved makeup and hairstyling people. We stand in solidarity with you. Because of the Oscar, because of the uh, omission of original score. That's why I'm not watching the Oscars. Well, Jill stands in solidarity too. I have to watch it. It's on my birthday. Oh, we're watching, but we're just not showing up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Take take that. I'm at a bridal shower the night, the next day. So, or the day of. So, I'm, okay. I ain't watching. Well, that'll do it for this episode of Game for a Movie. We'll see you next time.